What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. As always, bring incredible guests from all over the world. So sit back, relax, and tune in. My next guest had a journey from, from flunking out of school to learning skills as a bartender that trans, translated to the sales world. He is also an author and an entrepreneur. Please welcome Neil Rogers. Neil, welcome to the show. Hey, Deanna. How are you? Good to see you. Thanks for having I, me. I am good. I'm glad for you to be here. Uh, I can't wait to talk about this. That you guys, for those that are listening, I'm showing a, a picture of uh, the cover of his book called Bar Tips. We will get into that. But let's first talk about his journey, the flunking out of school. Not a lot of people want to admit that that happens to them sometimes. Well, it's all part of the the the, the healing. I guess the healing process during COVID. Uh, I wrote. I, I this is where I wrote them. I started writing the book during COVID. And uh, started to think about what, you know, a friend of mine had reached out to me, or I, one of the things I would do during COVID was reach out to people. Yeah. yeah. Just a quick little text, how's it going? What are you up to? Yada, yada, yada. And we'd go back and, and invariably I'd get a phone call back. Yeah. Neil, what's going on? Okay, thanks for touching base. Everybody was feeling the same way, cooped up and whatnot, right? Yeah. So well, this one guy who, uh, who was, uh, he actually wrote the foreword in the book, Terry McMahon, uh, was, uh, he was a wildly successful mass mutual general agent, and uh, his success brought him to behaviors that he needed life-saving surgery. Oh, wow. Okay. And he, it, this was 18 months after he had his surgery, and he had talked about how he had written a book, he had done this, that, and the other thing. I said, and I always use this 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 uh, metaphor, Have you ever see, you've seen the movie Groundhog Day, right? Yeah. Okay, with Bill Murray all of a sudden getting yeah. weights the same day, Thank when you. he started farting Right, right, yeah. He, he learns how to be a jazz pianist. I said, Terry, you've done so much in the last eighteen months. You you remind me of Bill Murray and Groundhog. Yeah, because like, <laughs> he'd written a book and the process how to write a book and all this stuff. Yeah, I jumped in. And so he said, you should write a book. I said, what am I going to write? And I had I had started to write little ditties about my experience growing up in this place, White Horse Beach, which is you know the summer place. I'm sure you. Sure, you went somewhere as a kid. Either you had a house to go to, or a park to go to, or or two weeks vacation, or whatever it may be. This was our summer place. Okay. So it was also the place where I had my first bar job. Okay. So I started writing about growing up there, and I had some, you know, because it's very nostalgic for me. And then I had also written some things about other aspects of growing up. And um, so what I realized was, and then then fast forward to. Um, to an event where my daughter was being honored uh, here in Nashville, New Hampshire, from the chamber. And you know how the chamber's got uh, yeah. you know, for everything? Yeah. Well, she was like the people to watch under 30 that time. Oh, wow. But we went to the event. Yeah. And uh, the guy who brought five guys burgers to New Hampshire. Okay. The keynote speaker. Oh, wow. Okay. Great guy. Nuts and bolts speaker. Spoke my language. Um. There are no there are no big words in the book. There's, we're not trying to trick anybody. Nobody's gonna have to break out the thesaurus. It's <laughs> straight talk. And I got that from reading the book uh, on writing well. Okay, it's a great book for anybody who's thinking about writing, yeah. as he talks about being simple and to the direct and to the point. But anyway, so he starts going on about um, about what what he would do with his team at Five Guys. And I don't know if you ever worked hospitality, but if you worked as a server or whatnot, there was always a pregame, if you will, situation where they would talk about 
what's out, what are the specials, right. all things. And so he would say, and made a little bit of a fire and brimstone rah-rah speech, let's have a good night, right? Yeah. yeah. So he, um, he says, here's my speech to my team. We're not in the burger business. We're not in the fry business. We're not in the soda business. We're not in the shake. Okay. We're in the hospitality. Yeah, I like that. And I said, so my wife, point of context, we met as I was a bartender at a place he is in Boston, and Lori was a food waiter. Okay. So that there. So I looked at her, and we were in, we're in, we, we were in business together and uh, in our promotional business for the last 27 years. Wow. And I just looked at her and said, I've never left the bar business. I've been bartending on the road for 37 years. Wow. And the, the same things that we, you know, be, you know the, be, being a good greeter, being on time, being organized, uh, be, be having good appearance, having a good attitude, um, taking, you know, take, no problem, understanding problem resolution. Yeah. Uh, and all those things you get these little tidbits in a, you know, you don't know you, I mean, I don't, right. no test at the end of the day. Right, right. It was, oh my goodness, in retrospect, I started thinking about it. And what I was, and at the same time, I was, I was getting into, back to when I was getting into the hospitality business, I was failing at school because I graduated high school at 17 years old with zero idea what I wanted to do. None. Zero. I, and I was. Really? <laughs> I was the seventh of eight of an Irish Catholic man. Oh wow! You might well imagine my mother was a little tired at that point. Yeah. And I literally went to her my C in the May of my senior year and said, "Is there something I should be doing next year?" I mean, yeah. now we're planning our kids' lives from DNA right up until the you know the to, to marriage or at least the marriage, right? Right. Total. Um. So I, I, I said, all right, I'll give this school thing a try. But I had no passion. I had no drive. I had, I mean, I was really, I was in a community college and I was, and I was doing high school all over again. And I wasn't good at it then. Yeah. So I was a middle of the road student in high school. And as I always say, my, my SAT scores and my class rank had one thing in common, both from the triple digits. And <laughs> not impressed. Oh boy. But. When I when I went out in the in, went out when I went so I I basically flunked out of the first college, but all the while I was working in hospitality, okay. and I was you know in in the kitchen, busboying, and then I finally got behind the bar as a barback. I'm sure you've seen them; they're the people oh, yeah, yeah. anybody else. Gary, yeah. you're in getting the ice, all that stuff. I did that, but I looked at the bartenders and I said, "That looks pretty cool. I'd like to try that." Okay. So my friend and I, who were working in the same place, we started doing private parties and that type of thing. And then I decided I'm going to set my sights on getting a bar job as a bartender. Okay. And back to Whitehorse Beach, that little summer place I was telling you about, a friend of the family was starting to manage the local bar. Okay. I said, I'm going to go ask Peter for a budget. So I went, Peter's about roughly five years, five or six years old. And so I went and I asked him, he says, the place was so small; they only had three three bar jobs. But he said, "I'll give you, I'll give you the, um, I'll give you five nights on the door." So now I'm checking IDs and I'm getting nice and I'm doing trash and doing all the stuff I did as a bar. Yeah. And just then, the day bartender leaves. He says, "Do you want the job?" I said, "Sure." 
that's for me. Yeah. So took the job, and uh, he taught me some technique type things. You know, pull with authority, look like you know what you're doing, fake, yeah. fake, you make it type yeah. stuff. And so, uh, and I remember the first straight cut board, and you see it in the book. It's an aha moment mm-hmm. where uh, this, and again, self-esteem, not at a high level right now. Sure, right? Logging out of school, go no direction, where am I going? All that, all that stuff. And so, um, uh, I poured the Drake. I put it in front of the front of the person. They took beautiful oak bar, beautiful. Put it in front of the person on the beach. Yeah. Took a sip of it. He goes, "That's pretty good." So now I've got that immediate feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling good. Now, now I'm thinking, oh, hold on. Yeah. Maybe I could be good at something. Now, don't get me wrong. I was, I was, you know, I was reasonably popular in high school, reason, reasonably decent athlete. I can sing a little, I can play a little piano. So I had, I had some, skills. some charm. Got some charm. Yeah. But it was like, but I realized that my skills really were in interpersonal. Okay. You know, and that, and I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, the book Frames of Mind by Howard Gardner. But he talks about the seven types of intelligence and interpersonal intelligence and intrapersonal self-awareness. Yes. Uh are 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 what are two of those. So what I you know what I get a the musical is one of them. What so I had I had I had pieces of a lot of them, even academic intelligence. I wasn't it wasn't dope, but I just didn't have that. So I um so I just realized that, that was my that I could observing people was what I might be able to be really good at. And then I started introducing people to other people. Yeah. Hey, do you you know this one? Have you ever met them? Hey, let's go out for beers afterwards. Yeah. Just breakfast. Hey, we play softball on Sundays. Do you want to play with us? You know, just simple things that, uh, again, when you it's no complex marketing theory okay. uh, in the book. It's just be nicer. Yeah. Listen. Right. Yeah. You'll learn a lot when you, when you just listen. Right. Two ears, one mouth. Use them in that proportion. So in, in what way? So I love how you say that you learned everything you needed to know in sales behind the bar. And so I'm assuming that means that you learned a lot of um, your networking skills, right? You said you were introducing people. And so what specifically just stands out for you in this book that someone, someone's listening and is in sales that they would learn? Oh, if the 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 big one in there, I mean, there's about ten or eleven or so. Okay. Bar tips in there. Okay. Take ownership when something goes wrong. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. And I'll give you a story on that. Okay. So one of my buddies. So we worked at Tia's is one of the biggest uh, at the time. It's I think it still does pretty well. This is now forty one years ago. Okay. It would be place to be, okay. and it was busy. I mean, crazy busy. And so, and uh, this woman came up to the bar, this friend of mine, uh, I changed the names in the book, but his name is Dennis. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Dennis, the, uh, the woman comes up to the bar, she says, I love vodka martini, very dry. Right? Dennis goes and pours vodka martini like he always says, and she wanted one that's straight out. Yeah. Poured it for her, brought it up, put it in front, put the cocktail napkin down, gave her the, gave her the cocktail. She takes a sip out of it, she goes... It's not triangle. Okay. So point of context, Dennis, me, and most of the people I know never put a drop of a boat in a martini. 
It's as dry as it's ever going to be. Yeah. Dennis, however, to his credit, am I going to get in the beef here? Am I going to argue with this woman? Right. No. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go grab the mixing glass. Going to get the shaker. I'm going to pour it in front of him. Yeah. Pours the martini. Puts it in the up glass. She takes a sip. That's good. So why get in the beef? Right. Maybe maybe his mistake was I didn't pour it in front of him. She didn't see what he's doing, right? Yeah. But he didn't he didn't get in. He took the position where the customer is always right. Can't be unreasonable. Right. But premise where the point of we have to start from is they're paying the bills. Right. Let's work with them first. So that's the talk. Yeah. I'm never turned out a martini, dry or not. Personally, I'm sorry. <laughs> I said I personally never turned down a, a martini, dry or not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry, I had to throw that in there really quick. But that that lesson came for me when I started working. Came really where where it popped up in my head to be part of the bar tips was I got that when I was selling food, uh, food distributor, and there was a guy in there. His name is Jim Gallagher. He's, he's acknowledged in the book. His name's changed in the story. But Jim was a fantastic salesman. He was a wise guy. Yeah. You know, he always ribbing you, always this, that, and the other thing, giving you a hard time and whatnot. But you got him in front of a, a chef or a hotel owner or a manager, completely changed. Completely changed. Yeah. He knew products. You know what he was talking about. He had, he had great knowledge. He had great product knowledge, peripheral knowledge, um, and he he said to me, you know, we were he, he, he mentored me quite a bit. He yeah. said, whenever anything goes wrong, start here. Yeah, for sure. Right. Don't be lashing out. Don't be blaming the truck driver. Yeah. All those guys that picked the order, they don't know what they're doing. How did? What's my role in this? And how can I change? How can I? How can I? How can I resolve this situation? And more often than not, it's getting in your car, going back to the warehouse, and getting what was wrong, or fixing it, or making a credit, taking it back, whatever that may be. Yeah. And never let the customer know all the stuff that's going on in the background. Well, right, yeah, right. Make it easy for them. Oh, that's you. All they want to know is you solve the problem. Yeah, so that's why that that's that's probably number one. But none of them are you can escape. The tips. I mean, if you want, you can add to them, you can massage them. Because uh, I say this is not. A, I, I come clean. This isn't an absolute. This is what works for me. Right. I think it will work for you. I think you should. This is a good baseline to go from. You may want to add whatever industry in or whatever that may be. Sure. But again, the story. One of the stories that I, I I like to tell is relates to how simple these philosophies are. Is that in our promotional goals. We did a lot of business with New Balance. And uh, at the time, we don't do it with, with them anymore. The, the national sales manager, who I became friendly with, left there and became the general manager at one of our vendors in our promotion. Hmm. And he said, Neil, and we don't do, we didn't do business with this vendor. He says, Neil, can you help? Can you look at my website? Can you see what's going on? Yeah, all these types of things like that. Yeah. You know what I said to him? Right. I'm going to give you the tip of the tip of the world, tip of the uh, tip of the year. Okay. 
hire nicer people. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Your customer service people are good. Yeah. They're nasty. They don't help. So we don't deal with them. There's plenty of people to deal with. Yeah. But he was looking for this big picture, right. big fix. And I always say it's kind of like what's going on today in this world where you've got, you've got, uh, you know, the shiny new red tech toy, which yeah. is AI, correct? Right. Yeah. Everybody wants to go on it. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a, um, you, you, have you seen the movie Goodwill Hunting? Yes. It's been a long time, but yeah, I've seen it. So there's an iconic scene in the movie where Sean, Robin Williams' character, mm -hmm. is yet again frustrated with Will, yeah. Matt Freeman's character. Yeah. And they're sitting on the park bench out on, uh, out in, by the Muddy Minimum on the Boston Common, I can't remember what we call Ironically enough, where they have, real quick aside here, ironically enough, where they have, where he is housed as a school mm -hmm. on Bunker Hill Community College. Oh, wow. I followed and I flunked out of it. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> So anyway, so we have this conversation with Will, and Robin's trying real hard to get the Boston accent out. He says, "You have no idea what you're talking. You've never been out of Boston. I'd ask you about art, and sure, you give me the skinny on every art book that's ever been written. Yeah, but you can't tell me what the Sistine Chapel smells like." Hmm. You've never looked up at those beautiful seals. Yeah. So this guy that was a very good friend of my daughter's uh, wrote that piece, or, or did write the piece, but pointed that, pointed the metaphor out, Bill Conley. I told him I was, I told him I was rip, it was R&D, and you know what R&D is? Rip off and duplicate. Oh. <laughs> so I told him, but I told him I give him props every time I used it. And he, um, but it, it, the metaphor says that that this technology cannot compete with our senses. No, definitely. Right? And so we're chasing the shiny red toy all the time, but do you know how to say hello? Do you smile when you greet people? Do you, do you lean in when, you, when you're talking to them? Yeah. Do you nod where appropriate? Do you use your two ears and one mouth yeah. in terms of your active listening skill? Do you show up on time? Yeah. Are you organized? When you go to a presentation, do you have your 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 materials in line? Yeah. No. Uh, do you do 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 you know what your products are? Are you gonna are you gonna like? Are you have you spent time with with understanding your industry and what other peripheral knowledge you could give your clients or customers, whatever you want to call? It? Yeah. And so no, those are the fundamentals. You know, they say that uh, you know the the a lot of lot of a uh, lot of football is won in between. The two lines, the the offensive line and the 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 unheralded unheralded offensive line and defensive line, and the fundamentals we call it the blocking and tackling. Yeah, you know, stuff that you gotta do. But no, everybody wants to get in the new class for AI. And, and by the way, AI is a powerful tool, powerful tool, and it's only getting started. Yeah, it's not going anywhere. You gotta get comfortable with it. Right, and we've got, but you know, look what we've done with cell phones—how they act like mini computers. You know, we're getting—we have streaming services where we watch all of our movies and, and different shows. We've got, uh, of course, Spotify and all that. We've got Amazon, who's changed the shopping. Well, but but explain this: Why are people still congregating in coffee shops one on one? Why? 
why is yeah why is taylor swift selling out every stadium in this country and a gazillion dollars a ticket i don't know i don't really care for her but dollars oh and it's but it, she's selling an experience but and so the the, the she's selling an experience and one of the things if you've ever, if you've ever heard of the book called happiness advantage sounds familiar it's a wonderful book written by Sean Aikman. And Sean, uh, Sean studied happiness at Harvard for 12 years. And he said, it's a great TED talk he has out there. So it's a quick one. It's like, well, they're all TEDs. It's about 12 minutes. Right. And it's a great one to listen to. But he also took it further. And this, this will answer our question as to why these, these tried and true old, old style things are st still working, like Barbie being the number one box office draw ever right we still go to the movies we still want to go yeah. you can't you can't you as much as we try we cannot we cannot replicate that experience right go moves right but but sean discovered that the 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 greatest marker of our happiness long-term happiness we froze up hello you froze up action you, there we go. Hey, Warren, edit this part out. Can you please start? The, go ahead and say what you're going to say. So where was I, Pierre? The, you were talking about the, we cannot replicate the experience. Our happiness comes. Yeah. Right. So Sean, so Sean said, Sean discovered that, that our longevity and our, and our long-term happiness, longevity, how long we live. Yes. Is directly related to the breadth and the depth of our social interaction. Mm, I would agree. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I but yet, you know, we're, I remember the kids when, the, when, when technology was in its, some of this technology is when, it, when it's in its infancy. Um, you know, they would, I, my son would be down in the basement mm -hmm. playing video games with some kid a block away in his basement. Yeah. Instead of going out something and play with each other, yep. Like going, this is just bizarre. But the best times I saw them have is when they were together. They were out running around, they come back in rosy cheeked. Oh, we'd have people over and we'd break out the music and everybody be singing and dancing and we just having the time of their lives. But that. it wouldn't get so so yeah, so that's the uh, AI can never replace us having those organic, authentic connections and experiences with one another. So I love it. Um, Neil, where can people find you, connect with you, and purchase the book, Bar Tips? So the book is on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and all the online stores. Um, and I, 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 haven't been, I haven't been told if it's been any, any board, brick and mortar, but that's, I mean, uh, well, that's the other thing. As, many as, 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 as much as we're buying books on, on, on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble, the independent book store is still there. I mean, it's not as broad as it once was, but it's, you know, people want to go, they want to listen to the author and all that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Amazon and, uh, and, um, Barnes and Noble. And you are on LinkedIn. Can people connect with you there? LinkedIn? Yeah. Uh, um, my social, I could send that to you. My son is going to all that stuff. That's okay. I'll put it in the show. You guys, I'll put those, his links in the show notes. So if you connect with Neil today and want to purchase his book, Bar Tips, go to Amazon and go, Purchase the book. I'm sure you're going to enjoy. If you're in sales or actually in any type of customer service type of work, this book is for you.
Neil, this is the part of the show where I like to ask for last words of wisdom or advice. What would you like to leave with us today? Well, buy the book. Well, thank you. <laughs> but I, I'm a deeper than that. <laughs> I am a sales guy after all. Uh, I know. I think I. I think what I, what I that I, it bears repeating that um, what I found where I became. By the way, I, I did find. I finished my degree. I became a very good student because I developed a process. Okay. Right. So I. Sh oh, oh, by the way, you know they like you to come to class. <laughs> they like they like you to participate and ask questions. You go to the office hours, do the extra work be seen, all that. So that was my little, and then I had a process of how I would take notes and how I study, and it just like came to me, but especially after I had the focus on what I wanted to do, yeah. because of my interpersonal skills, people say, I knew I didn't want to be a bartender for the rest of my life. Yeah, They said, you, you'd probably be good at sales. So I said, all right, I need to finish up that degree. And I, and I beat, so I had passion, I had drive, I had so now I, now I figured it out. And then in, in business, uh, we, we, we use a process as well. Yeah. So we have a process called positive activity, which practice of getting your mind in a place of positivity, which takes you to a place of open-minded, divergent thinking, solution-providing creativity. You no longer see problems. You see solutions, which obviously leads to productivity. So whatever your so the, the 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 positive part of it, if you bought John Acor's book, if you buy my book, you'll see some of the things. It's right there. The things that you may want to do, you know, and, and we probably all you've heard a lot of them. It's the gratitude practice. It's the random act of kindness. Yeah. It's the uh, it's the meditation. It's it's the exercise and do all that stuff if you can before you open up your inbox and get aggravated. <laughs> then have a process of how you how are you going to go about your business develop, you know, do you have, do you have a, do you have, so whatever, so I, I guess, and I don't want to fill up your time here, but you have a process and stick to it. We say, if you, if you, when they get the book, 90 days on positive activity, you will, you will recognize where you came from. Love it. That's awesome. Activity. Yeah, it's activity. Yes. I, I agree a thousand percent. Neil, thank you so much for sharing your story and sharing the uh, inspiration behind your book, Bar Tips, and what people can get from it, and your uh, words of wisdom of positive activity. We appreciate you. Great. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. You're welcome. You guys, this is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. As always, don't forget to subscribe, follow, rate, review, comment, share, all those good things, and I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.